If you're a military veteran and want to learn about the innovation ecosystem and how to participate in it as an investor, employee, or entrepreneur, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Those Who Dare, where we amplify the voices of military veterans who consistently step outside their comfort zone, go above and beyond society's expectations. This series is brought to you by the team at AIN Ventures, a seed stage venture fund founded by Service Academy graduates, and Ironbound Media, a podcast production studio for veteran-owned businesses. I'm your host, Sherman Williams, Managing Partner at AIN Ventures, where I oversee AIN's venture fund along with my co-founder, Emily McMahon. I'm a former naval officer, current venture capitalist, and someone who's committed to uplifting my community through education and inspiration by amplifying the voices of those who dare. Great job, Sherman. <laughs> this is our first episode, y'all, so we're just getting the uh, cobwebs off, man, but we're fired up. We've been talking about this for a few months, and uh, I'm happy to finally make it happen. And uh, my name is Iron Mike Stedman. I'm the founder of Ironbound Media. I'm also Sherman Williams' frat brother. Um, and we're really just brothers, man. You know, And so one of the reasons we want to do this platform is uh, both of us have had an opportunity to step into a sphere where, I don't know, there's not a lot of people that look like us. And so what can we do to get these stories told? Um, and also create a platform for others to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what brought us here today. So, uh, Sherman, thanks for bringing me in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for uh, having a platform for us to do this. Uh, you've been, Mike has been prolific. Uh, we are fil- we are filming this. Um, I'm going to give the date. Is that okay? I think yeah, that's fine. Yeah, this is, this is the 6th of January, 2022. So we're right in a new year. Uh, not exactly sure when we're going to release this, but... Um, if you look back in 2021 and 2020, Mike has been prolific on social media. Um, he's created an amazing platform and brand of himself, um, and of his vision. Um, and it's, it's manifesting itself, you know, considering he just became a Hoover fellow out at Stanford, et cetera, et cetera. He's, he's doing big things. So, um, I'm excited to join with my frat brother, uh, you know, Darren Fullwood, Jake Zawig, uh, some of the other good brothers, Older brothers at the Naval Academy had a vision, um, you know, Skip Victor, et cetera. And uh, I feel like this is a, a, a bur- you know, this is like kind of outcome of that vision that they had back in 2003, right? Um, it, it's, it's coming together. We're almost in 2023. Um, and, and look at where we're at now and we're on Mike's platform. So I'm excited about this. I guess let's start out, Sherm. Like, why do you think a podcast was important for you? You have to tell our own story. Uh, we can't let other people own the narrative solely, right? Easily, right? I mean, you know, the power, the pen is powerful, right? So people can, you know, pen and video, et cetera, is powerful. Um, people can, you know, tell your story for you. But I do think it's important to tell your own story. Um, you know, in the preamble to this, I talked about how, you know, we're seeking through those who dare to amplify the voices of veterans uh, stepping outside their comfort zone. Well, I'm doing that right now on this podcast. I, I'm, I have a very light social media presence currently. Um, you know, I, I, people who post all the time on social media, look, I love them. I have wonderful friends who do it all the time. It's just not for me, uh, you know, necessarily. Or if I do post, I, I try to be more thoughtful about my content. Um, I don't think there's either a, a right or a wrong way to do it, but it is step. This is me stepping out my, outside my comfort zone uh, with respect to doing this podcast. 
um, and being this kind of open with respect to media. And I'm doing it because I feel it's important. And to answer your question directly, and the importance is that we, you know, tell our own story um, and and not let other people, you know, dominate the conversation. So that's that's why we're here. I think for me, it's a couple of things. Um, for one, full transparency, you know, one of my long term goals is to be able to invest in other founders of color, whether that's an angel investor or I'm cutting cousins, you know, twenty five hundred dollar, you know, checks or whatever. Right. I want to be able to. Uh, lift as I climb from an economic perspective. And for me, right, like venture is this really interesting space. Yeah, we call it the pinnacle of capitalism, you know? And it's not every day that I know people that are operating at the level that you're operating in. And just so happens you're my frat brother. So this is an opportunity for me to get closer to you and learn from you and the team at AIN and just kind of help out in my own way. And it's interesting when you start listening to, uh, I was listening to a book about, you know, venture capital. And one of the things is that business schools, you know, everybody tries to get in a firm, whatever, and they're doing this, they're emailing people. And it's like, man, what's better way than just kind of like come on the team and help them produce a podcast to, you know, amplify their stories and create a brand. And so that's, that's one of the opportunities there. Um, The other piece is I do a lot of podcasts, right? I host my own shows, you know, so it's like, why am I doing another one? But again, I think this is an opportunity to, to learn in a space. And this is how I learn. Right. I get on. I learn from people. Right. And having different podcasts for me is almost like being Peter Drucker. You know, Peter Drucker wrote 39 books before he died. Well, I might not write 39 books. I might write or produce 30 different podcasts. But at Ironbound Media, we believe that audio is the future of publishing. So, again, my long term goal is to be able to be able to cut checks for founders of communities that I care about. And this is an opportunity to learn more in that space. Well, you know, that's why we have the syndicate. So you can write some of those checks into veterans. We, you know, AIN Ventures, just to clarify, we invest in, uh, we invest at the intersection of dual use technology and deep technology. So what does that mean? I'm going to tell you on two layers. So the overarching theme of, uh, of what that means is that we invest in companies that do business both with the government and in the commercial sector and are eligible for non-dilutive funding from the U.S. government. Now, to bring that home, the layer two, that's layer one. The layer two of that are, let me just give you the sub-segments that we invest in when it comes to dual use. It's space technology, sustainability technology, disaster technology, healthcare technology, civic technology, and finally, defense technology, right? Now, I want to point out that the founders of those companies, those dual use companies, do not have to be veterans. Now, we have a separate initiative within our fund where we invest in veteran-led startups, Veterans of all types of stripes. Uh, so, um, and we're industry agnostic as far as that, as far as those veterans, but we do have a strong software bias with respect to those veterans that we invest in. What do I mean by software bias? Well, now I'm not saying we won't invest in D2C e-commerce companies or lower tech type companies. We, we will take a look at those and every once in a while we'll invest if we uh, identify a outstanding founder and a company with a tremendous amount of potential. But for the most part, we're going to be investing in companies that are you know more tech heavy um, because I believe there's some incredible margins and, and, and their ability to scale is superior to other, you know, uh, business built in other ways. So that is, you know, what we invest in at AIN. Uh, and we also run a syndicate. The syndicate is made up of graduates from the five U.S. military service academies. And Mike, you being a syndicate member, of course, brother, I'm always bringing in 
you know, where we are is bringing in you know, outstanding deals and would love, you know, for you to take a look and you start getting your feet wet um, uh, that way uh, as far from an investing standpoint. I appreciate it. And for our listeners, I'll tell you, Ironbound Media is not a venture-backed startup. Bootstrapped. I started with a laptop and a microphone, and uh, here we are. But I will tell you, I enjoy entrepreneurship. There's just something about, I don't know, creating the life you want to live. And it comes at a cost, though. It's not free, right? The dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. But I really do enjoy entrepreneurship. And uh, I think Sherm can attest to this is we grew up in environments where, you know, people were just making it. You know, mm-hmm. you ask mm-hmm. people how they're doing, just making it. Surviving. Surviving. And I've always hated that. Now, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. During the pandemic, there was a moment in time where I had to, you know, survive, make sure I'm still treading water. But there was always a light at the end of the tunnel and I punched through. Um, but I just wanted more out of life. And I always thought that entrepreneurship was for other people. And it's pretty cool to be in the space I am now with you, you know, talking about the stuff that we're talking about. And and I just want for everyone that's listening, you know, we're just going to be authentic on this podcast and just be bring our whole authentic self. We are, you know, many things. Right. And, and an easy way to identify us is, you know, we are veterans. Uh, we're Naval Academy graduates, both of us. We're African-American. We're male. But I mean, we're, we're much more multifaceted than just those things. Those are just like the you know, easily identifiable things about us. So I, I in, in that context of just bringing our whole selves uh, to, to this situation, I will say entrepreneurship is something I thought about lightly growing up. Um, I wasn't around any entrepreneurs, to be honest. Um, so I had no <laughs> I had no one to like help me understand about kind of making that leap, but I always knew I had it in me. Um, and, and that was something I, I wanted to do. And it, to me, it's not because people talk about entrepreneurship and they just say the word and it, the word is supposed to evoke something, a feeling, but it, to me, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, I have a different set of words and you can describe, you can classify how you want to, but it's being, I guess it's being an entrepreneur, but the set of words I have for what I want to do is very similar to what you just articulated. And that is, man, I want to create my own life and I want to maximize this life. I want to have a full heart, have completely lived, done everything I can do to move humanity forward. Right. And when I say, you know, humanity, I I truly mean humanity. I mean, that, that has nothing to do with nation, color, creed, you know, sex, anything. I'm talking about I'm trying to move humanity forward and I'm trying to do so do so through technology investing. Right. Um, that is like my I, I feel that is my defining purpose. Right. Um, I didn't discover that until later in life. I mean, when I was at the academy, I absolutely not. I was a bit of a knucklehead. Right. Uh, you know, even even as a junior military officer, um, I, I couldn't have I wouldn't have not have identified what I wanted to do like that. But, you know, later on during my time as an officer in the military, um, I did these feelings started to come about and then they solidified as I got a little bit older. And so if you call that entrepreneurship um, and being entrepreneurial, then, then, then so be it. But I'm on a mission right now. Um, and, you know, and I've decided to start my own organization versus join another organization in order to, to, to go down this path. Right. So um, the purpose is so important to me that it, it does ease my journey 
with respect to dealing with ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. Because there definitely are trying times and you're like, man, I'm leaving a lot of money on the table. I could go do something else. But at the end of the day, it's really not just about money because that to me, that's not a life well lived. So I think that's also why it's important we do this show, because let's be honest, there's not a lot of black venture capitalists (laughs) and having a platform like this to where, you know, we can uh, lift the veil and let people see behind the scenes and learn from you and learn from your network. I think that's super powerful. And I want to feel like I had a small part in you becoming a venture capitalist. Right. Because I'm out here bootstrapping. I'm hustling. You know, and then, you know, I'm pitching my venture, Ironbound Boxing. I had a for-profit arm at the time. You know, I have a nonprofit here in Newark. And uh, I kept seeing Sherman walk around. And I'm like, Sherman, why are you here? I'm like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm networking, whatever. I'm like, Sherman, you should be the VC. And I would always tell you because I just felt like, and I think a lot of us can relate to this. We go to some of the best schools, whether it's Naval Academy or West Point or wherever, And then we go to business school. I didn't go to business school, you know, but you went to business school. But what I'm getting at is I've met minorities that have some of the best education in the world. And when I asked them or about, you know, punching above their weight, becoming a venture capitalist, owning their own company, something along the lines, oh, I don't feel like I'm ready yet. And then me moving in the New York City scene, right, I'm seeing guys go to like, you know, nothing against Hostra University or some of the smaller schools. But when I see a guy like you that goes to University of Chicago, goes to Naval Academy, you know, worked at some of the best companies in the world, right? And when you tell me that you feel like you're not ready, I was like, I want to call your bluff on it. Because I'm like, if you're not, if you don't say you're ready, what hope does that give, you know, people that don't go to those schools? And the majority of African-Americans in this country will not go to these elite universities. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, you, you, you called me out. Um, at the time what I was doing, everyone, I was working as a venture partner at a fund, uh, a small fund. And I was trying to get on with a bigger fund. And I, w- I was at the time somewhat thinking about starting my own thing, but I, I went into that eyes wide open. I knew how hard it was going to be to start something. I had seen people go down that path and some of it, some of them had done so successfully, but I mean, it, it beat them down for sure. And I was, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, well, if I don't got to do it, right, if I can get picked up by a larger fund, I'm going to go and get picked up by a larger fund, right? So I can invest and get paid and not have to worry about actually building a firm, et cetera. Um, because when you run a venture fund, there's a difference between being a good fund manager and being a good investor. Those are two fundamentally separate things. Um, uh, and so... You did call me out and be like, man, you need to just go do your own thing. And I think, and you know what? I think you're absolutely right, man. I um on on about a couple of different things. Uh, that's how I think about it, right? Is um, you know, I had I did have this vision of I would have a certain amount of money saved up and I'd be a certain age. I don't know why it was like when I was 40, I was like, when I'm 45, man, I'm a, you know, at that point I have enough experience, then I'm gonna go start something. Why to have that arbitrary ass number in my head i don't know it's so stupid you know um and uh opportunity came about and i you know i seized on it um and the opportunity came about probably mike two three months after we had that discussion over in jersey we were in newark right um probably two three months after that the opportunity came about and i and i i did think about it for a high second and then i jumped on it um but another thing i want to address man honestly this is me being vulnerable, man, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of imposter syndrome, you know, um, where you're just like, 
hmm, am I, you know, I need to get all this other credentials under my belt in order to go do this, right? Um, and I feel like I'm not the only one that has that at times. I, I, I do see that amongst a decent amount of African-Americans um, and women, right? And, and women also. Um, and other, other minority groups, because you're like, and, and it's probably just not, this is not just a race. I mean, it's probably a lot of people feel this, right? But you're just like, hey, I want to make sure I have all of these other outstanding credentials under my belt so that when I do go launch something, uh, people take me, you know, wildly seriously, right? But then I had to step back and I'm like, man, I'm blessed. I have, you know, I, I, I do have those credentials, right? Uh, I am a Naval Academy graduate, right? I, I was an officer in the military for many years, right? I, I, I did go to Chicago. I was an investment banker, right? Um, and it's like, well, hell, man, how much, what, what else do you need? How much training do you need in order to just get going? Uh, so, I, you know, I was basically, you know, like we say in our fraternity, I was kind of being lukewarm, basically. Um, and, and I need to, you need to run hot sometimes. You need to make that leap. And I, I, I did kind of hesitate for, uh, for a bit there, but I'm glad it wasn't just you. It was several other people that were speaking to me, right? It was like the universe was speaking to me. And, um, you know, I decided to make that leap, man, and, and go ahead and do this along with Emily, uh, and build AIN. What's been interesting to watch from afar is from the moment you've kind of put yourself out there in the VC space, you've kind of elevated up into, I'm saying like your name comes up. So whether I'm in a bar in Newark, right. And, you know, I meet a venture capitalist or something, we're talking about it. And I talk about, I do, you know, veteran owned, I work with veteran owned businesses, whatever. And they're like, Oh, you should talk to Sherman Williams, you know? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I take a photo in the, in the, in the bar and I send it to you. And why do you think that is, what is it about, you know, people are so, hungry for someone like you to kind of step into this zone? Uh, I mean, if I'm being really honest, man, I, I honestly don't think it's anything I've done yet. Right. I mean, I haven't even really, I haven't even begun yet. Right. I'm still building the foundation. I feel like as far as, and that's not the imposter syndrome I was talking about before, but building the foundation as far as building AIN as a firm and starting to make the investments and finding the, you know, bringing talent to be around me um, that can enhance AIN and what we're doing, but I, I, I think that it's, um, the profile of who Emily and I are, people are hungry to see that and they want to see us win. It's more so that versus something that we've done. So that, 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 um, that interest from all, from others, it just shows how acute, just shows how much of a, a market gap that there was that existed out there. We were right. We were right in our assessment. We assessed that there was a gap in the market and that someone, uh, people with our, with our backgrounds and with our desire and with our, our vision could, could fill that gap. And we were right about that. Right. Uh, So we talk about founder market fit versus product market fit. Right. And I think there was certainly a founder mark. We have founder market fit. We, 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 we have that. Um, Now we got to build a product it still remains to be seen if we build a product that truly has product market fit, right? Um, and that's the best damn seed stage uh, venture fund uh, on the planet Earth, uh, particularly for the one that fits within our thesis uh, of backing, you know, dual use technology startups and separately backing veteran-led startups. So 
Um, I think that's what it was, man. I think, you know, there was a, just hunger in the market for, for folks like us. There's not many, uh, to be frank, they're not, you know, there aren't a ton of female venture capitalists out there, you know, a la Emily. And then there's certainly not a lot of African-American venture capitalists out there. And there's not a lot of African-American venture capitalists that were also veterans, right? There's, there's only a few of us. Uh, and I know a lot of them. I know most of them. Um, so I, I think that's what it was, man. Uh, but, you know, the onus is upon us to actually make their excitement and interest in us warranted, right? By actually building a firm and I'll, I'll, I'll replace the word firm for product, you know, building a product that actually is people deem to be of tremendous value, right? Founders uh, will allow us to invest in their companies. Um, uh, LPs will want to invest in our firm. Um, you know, so it, the onus is upon us to, to make that interest warranted. So I want to come back to that piece. Mm-hmm. But first, I want to ask you, how are you dealing with the pressure of being a black venture capitalist? Because let's be honest, right? 2.4% of small businesses, mm-hmm. of businesses in general in America, mm-hmm. are run by black or African-American. Mm-hmm. And half of those are single-member LLCs. Mm-hmm. Okay, We know that less than 1% of funding goes to black founders from venture mm-hmm. capitalists. right? Mm-hmm. So obviously people are thinking, well, we need more black venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. Now that you find yourself in this space, mm-hmm. right? How does it? how are you dealing with the pressure that comes from that, especially when founders of color do see you and they thinking like, oh, this guy's got me, you know? Uh, the let, now, let me, let me address the last piece first. Uh, it, it, man, it's hard passing on a, on a, um, on a black founder. It's hard, man. It, 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 and that, I do care, right? It, it, it's, it's good that I care, right? I, my, my heart is, my heart, I have, I, I, in that sense, I feel like I, I, you know, I will say I have a good heart, right? Because uh, I do care. It's hard passing on them. But you got to, I'm going to pass on, the overwhelming majority of black founders that I meet. Right. Um, but I do try to provide other things, some of the connections and, and, you know, dole out social capital in order to be helpful to them. Right. So I do that. Um, now I, from a pressure standpoint, I just, you know, and this is the, I think this is the military in me, you know, what I consider to be pressure and what, well, me, well, you and I consider to be pressure and what, you know, our civilian counterparts consider to be pressure are, are two fundamentally different things. You know, I'm not risking life or limb. Um, I mean, what are we talking about right now as far as pressure? That's not pressure, brother. That's, that's, that's not. There's zero, there's zero pressure there. Now, what I will tell you is that I don't feel, I honestly don't feel pressure. I just feel the need to work hard as humanly possible. You know, uh, Elliot Robinson, who's um, the head of growth equity at Bessemer, who's an African-American guy, actually from the DMV, from, from the area. Um, and I, you, you hear me reference DMV a lot, guys, because, you know, both Mike and I went to college there um, in, in that area of Millington, Annapolis, right? So, um, you know, he talks about, you know, he had a tweet a couple, uh, several months ago about every day he goes to work, he's going to war for, you know, who he is as a, as, a, as a black man in venture capital, right? Um, and I'm I'm actually going to war every day, f- um, you know, as a black veteran in venture capital, 
right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not African-American. I'm also a veteran, right? We're part of the, you know, the vanguard of this nation. So I just try to, I don't feel the pressure, but I do go the extra mile every single day. I can tell you most days when I lay my head on my pillow, I am exhausted. When I, when I brush my teeth before I go to sleep, I look in that mirror, I put in a full day's worth of work, you know? Um, you know, like I'll, I'll throw another, another example. When I was in the Navy, you know, the chiefs talk about turn two, they make that signal turn two, like get active, we get after it. Um, I turned that day and I, I feel like I have that. There's no pressure in the sense that I, I believe that if I go to war every single day, trying to build something that benefits the community that I came from, the veteran community, um, and, and, and when I think about dual use, I think about national security that the, the betresses the national security of this nation. I'm good, man. You know, um, and, and then look, and, and let's be all the way honest, all the way 100. We are still raising our venture fund, um, you know, um, and you, don't, you may not be successful. Right. Or you may invest in companies that don't work out. Right. Uh, that, ha- that I mean, that possibility does. It's within the realm of possibilities, very much so. Right. Um, but I think as long as you 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 do everything, you do your best. Um, and if the purpose of, of which I'm um, uh, that I have as I attack this this problem, as I go to war every day, as long as that purpose is good, win or lose, I'm 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 good. I'm, I'm fulfilled. I, I really don't feel pressure. In that way, the only thing I try to make sure is I'm is I'm every day. Am I doing everything that I can? Right. I mean, Mike, you were a boxer. Um, it's like you prepping for a fight. You don't want to you don't want to take any shortcuts because you get in that ring and <laughs> you like, oh, this is a different animal than I was preparing for. Right. You want to prepare for the worst. Right. So that's kind of that's my thought process, man. I, don't feel the pressure. I'm just you know, I just got to work harder. I guess what I'm getting at was the black man's burden. And I recorded a podcast mm. for this on confessions of a native son right. of just like when we walk into a space, mm-hmm. people look at us differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about, you know, um, not just black people. Right. But like for me, I'm an African-American male in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I feel the father figure role for a lot of these kids meant even if I don't want, you know, there's just, it's just by default because you don't know, what people are bringing, what these kids are dealing with. But what we do know is there's not a lot of strong African-American males in their household, Mm -hmm. right? That's just being frank. There's not a lot of black male venture capitalists. Mm -hmm. That's just being frank, let alone Mm -hmm. black veteran. So when you walk into a space Mm -hmm. and that black intern looks up and sees you, it's a different experience, right? When that venture, when that founder walks into a room and sees you on the other side of the table, that's a different you know, experience. And so mm-hmm. that's what I was getting at. Like, how do you deal with like that responsibility to like deliver for them, you know, live up to the expectations they have. Right. Like, and just be authentic, you know, because when we're in these but, spaces, so let me, let me ask you a question. Do you, when you go into a room, is that what you're thinking when you go into these rooms? I don't necessarily think it, but I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm talking about mm. more than self-awareness. Like I have these kids thrive, right? We do this mm-hmm. entrepreneur program for Iron right. and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to them about their business and how to think it. And mm-hmm. I'm just looking at them, looking at me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, 
wow, like they've never seen this. You know, mm-hmm. have someone looking like them, teaching them about business, you know, at, mm-hmm. at the moment in time that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what inspired me to record that episode, because I heard the kids open up. They were in gangs. You know, dad was in prison. So learning these stories, I automatically know that, dang, I'm a father figure right now. Yes. Um, well, I don't work with kids as much as you do, brother. I do need to get over there and, and do some service. Uh, so, um, you know, as far as dealing with the kids, but, um, man, when I walk into a room, I just, you know, I try to be, I just try to be as as authentic as possible. I try to bring my full self to the situation. Um, I try not to sugarcoat or put on a mask or anything like that for anyone. Um, I do think that in the past, I maybe did that once or twice, but over for the most part, I never really did. I've really, ne- really never been that way, right? I've, I've always been really honest and just kind of did my thing. And I've, I mean, you know me from, from my college day, you know, I got, ch- I mean, you know, I ran into issues because of that, but I, I really don't, I, I guess it's not in my character. It's not in my heart to um, disguise myself at, at least for a long time. It's just, it's just not me. Right. Either, you know, I tell people, um, you know, the, the best thing about me is I know who I am. The worst thing about me may be who I am. I don't know. Right. Um, so I, I and as far as going into to these rooms and dealing with that. I don't think, you know, as a black, let's, let's, let's say as a black man. Right. Because that's that was your direct question. Um, man, I'm from a people. I'm from a very strong and resilient people, a, a wildly strong and resilient people. So, you know, I walk in that, I walk into a room not willing to shrink who I am for the benefit of anyone else. And if you're not on my level, then you need to keep it moving. Um, If you feel some type of way about it and you feel like you can do something against me, I mean, you can. I mean, I mean, you know, the the reality of racism, if if I'm going to go here for a second, is that I think racism has to involve someone having power over the other person. So it's tough to be racist. You could be prejudiced against someone, but you can't truly be racist unless you're like, you're a racist cop or a judge or something like that, right? Like you actually have power over another person, right? Uh, it's, it's really tough. If you look at the definition of the word, right? Um, but I think that I've been through enough in life and I was raised, I was at a great upbringing for my parents and within my, my you know, nuclear household that, man, I'm not shrinking for anybody. And to those children, to go directly question to those kids, to, you know, other, other people that are dental professionals, peers that, you know, that are dealing with me, et cetera. Um, you know, I just try to be that authentic, wildly optimistic uh, thoughtful, you know, I would dare to say even analytical person. And that's what I try to bring to the table. Um, I don't, those, some of those thoughts that you had that run that, that you mentioned, those things don't run into my head when I, when I, when I'm moving, when I go into a room. Right. But the thing that does, the thing that does go through my head of those, those few things I just mentioned, and th- those can be summarized and I just try to be like, like, I'll give you an example. Uh, 
I've been in the media a little bit more, mainly from a professional standpoint, not social media, because I don't really do that much. But from a professional standpoint, I've been in the media a bit more the last couple of years, right? Just like, you know, little articles and LinkedIn posts, et cetera, et cetera, right? I actively try to smile, right? Because I want to be the light and I'm about love. That's it, right? All the negativity, um, you know, the country's gone through a lot, especially as a veteran. I think for us, it's been it's been tough. I mean, we're we're, we're having this podcast on January 6th, which is the one year anniversary of the January 6th, 2021 breach of the Capitol. Right. Um, and I just think that there's a lot more. If we approach things from a, a light and love standpoint, and I can be naive how I say that, but um, that's how I try to approach things, right? Uh, now, if, if somebody wants to go to another level, right, and, and be an a-hole and and want to get physical or, or something stupid, well, I can do that too. You know what I'm saying? I, I like that, actually, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, secretly, I try not to be about that, but, you know, I... I, I You've been fighting for some time, right? So, um, you know, it, it should never have to go there, right? I, I, I try not to put myself um, in that position whatsoever, and I have I've been very successful in, in not being in that position of, of a negative position. I I think the one the you know I'm being long winded here, sorry, but what I think about when I walk into a room is I'm trying to be the light, and I'm about love, and that's that's that. So I'm I'm a hugger, handshaker. You know, smiling. Um, if if I, I do want to be authentic, though, I want to balance that with authenticity. So if you're going through something, you can let me know. If I'm going through something, I will verbalize that, right? Um, but that's kind of that's kind of what I think about because you never know what people are going through, man. When you go into these rooms, so there was a, a, a like I think it was about to be a school shooting. I think it was down in Atlanta. I feel like something like that, and it was a guy that came into the school. He had a gun or whatever. And um, the, the it was a female, I believe, police officer, or she was somehow working for the school or something. And I may be getting the story wrong, but she went up to him and talked to him and hugged him. He ended up putting down the weapon, man. And that's what I mean about being the light and being the love, right? That, being about love. That that's 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 what I think about when I come into a room. Um, be that because you'll disarm a lot of people uh, who put up these affronts, et cetera, if you are that way. I can appreciate that. I can respect that. And even these days, right? Like, I mean, every, all of my clients, everybody I spend time with these days, I only be around positive people. Now yeah. we all go yeah. through our stuff, but like you said, like I'm at a point in my life, thankfully through entrepreneurship and some of the other moves I've made about how I've chosen to show up to the world that I get to spend time around people that fill me up, not take mm-hmm. away. But mm-hmm. I guess what I was getting at with, uh, with you uh, about that question was, and I'm always thinking through it myself of we are in a space now where we don't worry about a lot of the stuff we used to worry about 10, 20, 20 10, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder sometimes if that's because I'm coming from a place of privilege, right? I remember what it was like being at the Naval Academy when you saw that black Navy SEAL for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. and it just boom, or that black pilot walk in mm-hmm. with the brown jacket mm-hmm. and the brown shoes mm-hmm. and just that feeling of like, Oh my, you know, that's that dude. That's yeah. that dude, right? That's we that didn't dude. Smoke yeah. more, but the yeah. impact he had on us at that time, just Tracks. because we didn't see a lot of it. And so sometimes Tracks. I wonder, like, you know, we move in these spaces now 
and we take it for granted because I do have you I can chop it up with. I do have Philip Jones I can chop it up you with. You are you are absolutely correct in that. Uh, so so that that the who I am now and what I just articulate on how I come into a room, that's me, Sherman Williams evolved as a person, right? Over, with with many different life experiences. Now, Sherman Williams at 17 years old, just leaving Chicago, you are 100% correct. I I remember it was I was at Naps and it was a black marine. That was crazy to me. I mean, the dude, dude yelled at me too. Yeah, uh, it happened to me. First he yelled at me. When I saw, yeah. I was like, I was staring at him and they yelled at me. So right. And I'm just interested in the brother, like, man, he was just so well put together and everything it was just smooth and and um you know, and then you know who else was smooth, man? And, and this was later on at the academy, Earl Checkley. Yeah, Earl Checkley was another one. Marine, for people don't know, was a spe- uh, he was uh, he was Marsock, right? He was yeah. Marsock. Before was Marsock, he was Force Recon. He was Force Recon. He was Force Recon Marine, right? And the and he just Earl Checkley's a smooth guy, right? Uh, and I don't know if you know his story, but he actually won an award. Like he he saved some people. He what he disobeyed the director. I, I don't. Want, I'm putting it out there. It is what it is. He disobeyed the direct direct order in order to save some people. Um, at some point during his military career. Um, and I think he eventually got awarded for it. And and we, we they actually talked about him in one of the, like it was an ethics class or some class, a leadership class, some class I had at the Naval Academy, right? Um, seeing, 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 seeing people like him, um, you're, you're right. I didn't see an abundance of people like that at all growing up. I didn't. Now I had a, a great, I have a great father, but he wasn't, he wasn't he's great in his own right doing his own thing but he wasn't that right um he wasn't you know like an earl checkley type or something some of these other guys that you and i saw right so no that that did have an effect on me um but you know the good thing about the naval academy and i think this is a good thing about the military man you know, and, and 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 this could be this could be my experience in the navy anecdotally i don't know what it's like in the marine corps I don't know what it's like in the army, um, but you know, me coming up in the navy as a young man, I never felt lesser than with respect to my race. You know, you know, now you know that there's some people that are a little weird, but that's a reflection of society. But I feel like in the military, I personally, I don't know about you, but I feel like we talk about race. I feel like the military is ahead of civilian sector when it comes to dealing with race and, and some of these other things, right? I mean, I just, you know, inevitably, you know, that race or, or whatever, as because you mentioned as a black man, seeing these people, that does play a part. But I think that it was really merit-based. Either you, you showed up and showed out or you didn't. And if you didn't show up and show out, you really couldn't trip about, oh, it's because I'm this or that. No, because you didn't perform. It was just really simple. Um and, and and the military, while it does still have its issues because it's only a reflection of the United States of society, right? It still is probably at more towards the bleeding edge. And I think you know, I tell everyone before there was a before there was a Barack Obama, there was Colin Powell. Before him, it was Benjamin O. Davis, right, uh, General Davis. Um, and you I, I, you see that when you have a level playing field. You'll see that you know race, is, sex, gender won't matter. Like there was, um, it was like a two hundred and fifty mile ultra marathon ran, or something, maybe even longer, or something like that. 
last year. The woman's the woman's name is Kate. I need like a Jamie from from Joe Rogan or something like that. Jamie to Google it, but she she won. She beat all the men. She 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 won. She was going against top tier ultra marathoners. So her gender didn't matter. She performed. She showed up and showed out. No one would probably bet that a woman would win that race, right? Um, sports is a great example. I mean, there weren't even. I mean, the whole thing about African American quarterback, right? I mean, there weren't even. You know, we didn't have black professional basketball players and football players up until I think it was like the fifties or sixties, something like that, right? Um, and now they dominate. It, it, it's a level playing. Once you have a level playing field, you'll be surprised as far as who wins. So, um, you know, to pr- bring this all full circle, man. You know, as a young man growing up in the military, I never felt, I never felt lesser than. I just had to show up and show out. Um, that's 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 you know basically what I had to do. And as long as I performed, I felt like I was going to get my just due. Maybe that was naive, and that's not necessarily true. I did get out as an 03, as a lieutenant. I you know I've heard certain things when you get up to the 05, 06 level, trying to make admiral or general, or whatever. There are some issues. Again, it's going to be a reflection of society. But um, I would probably take that the what I would classify as a merit based merit based environment of the military over some of the civilian environments that I've personally seen. I definitely feel like for me as an entrepreneur, I feel I'm in that merit based space now. You know, my days are just focused on serving my clients, creating good content, you Mm -hmm. know, am I executing on my to do list? Mm -hmm. Right. That is like I have very narrow like kind of tunnel vision, but I definitely feel like I have a, the, the locus of control, you know, yeah. that the outcome is on me. Right. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily always feel like that. They feel like the outcome is on someone else or whatever else, but I can I say, can't, I don't want to live my life like that. That's one thing to talk about living my life. I'm not, I'm not living my life where someone else controls my outcome and controls my destiny. That's, that's just not going to work for Sherman Williams at all. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a fight against that. So, you know, this is our first episode. And I'm already thinking about like for the next one. I really want to dive in and get your story. You know, about okay. how you were able to to get to where you are. You hinted on it a little bit here and there, but I'm talking about young Sherman Williams to Naval Academy and beyond. I definitely want to get that. But I want to wrap us up here thinking about like the future of this platform, right? Mm-hmm. What are you hoping to accomplish? You know, long term in terms of bringing guests on. And I know, you know, we want to talk about tech and innovation. But also know you said there are other things that you want to be able to talk about as well. Yeah, man. Um, I think it can be summarized about as far as what other things that I want to do here. And overall, what I'm what I'm trying to do here is I, Sherman Williams, I'm trying to bring my complete authentic self to this podcast to could to. Uh, control the narrative, right? Um, or at least get my 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 side out. Um, I'm trying to do that, and what that means is, I'm not going to only just talk about technology and innovation and finance. You know, I want to be able to talk. I want for me and for our guests on this podcast to also be able to talk about other things. So, what does it mean to be a veteran? What is what does that transition look like? Or feel like, uh, what is you know being a veteran entrepreneur? What is African American entrepreneur? A female, a, a, you know, a white female uh, entrepreneur that's a veteran, right? Um, uh, or even some civilians that build companies that are trying to sell back to the um, 
you know, back to the U.S. government. What is what does that feel like? What is that experience like? How how painful is it, and how has it improved? Um, uh, you know, so um, you know, and and those civilian entrepreneurs that you know, people who have nothing to do with the military who are just trying to move humanity forward, like I said, through technology, right? Um, um, or some other some other way, right? So like the you know with this with this podcast, I'm just trying to create a working with you to create a platform where I can bring my whole self to this and create an environment that's comfortable enough for the guests to bring their whole selves to this. And hopefully the hope is that this is where product market fit comes in, that the listeners of this podcast will take enough away from this to, you know, take a lot away from this that will inspire them to, be as authentic as possible, be the light, be to, di- to dare, right? That's why we, we call this those who dare. Like we want those people to, to get to the point where they actually dare to do something, step outside their comfort zone, like I'm doing with this podcast, honestly, um, and, and really just put themselves out there because I think it's going to be beautiful what they're able to achieve. Um, so that's kind of my hope about, with respect to this podcast, you know, uh, you know, moving forward, we're going to have, guests um that are going to come you know drop knowledge i mean hopefully this podcast right here will be the most you and i ever talk right um you know for the most part we want to bring on you know top tier you know folks slash individuals and 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 get them to you know tell their story there's a lot of podcasts out there right Mm -hmm. what do you think is unique about this one right why should someone listen to this versus all the other podcasts that they have the opportunity to around tech and venture, et cetera. No one is telling this story from a, I mean, we're two African-American veterans, Naval Academy graduates. No one is telling this, no one is telling this story. We, we, we do have a unique set of experiences. We we're so deep into this world. We, we both have been since we were 17 years old that we don't realize how unique our experiences are, but we have a unique set of we have a unique set of experiences, and I think that there's a lot to glean f- from that uh, for people. Uh, and so that's why I think this podcast will be valuable in the universe of, you know, got to be millions of podcasts at this point, or hundreds of thousands or something crazy, right? Uh, at this point, um, not millions, probably hundreds of thousands, but uh, that that's that's why I believe that you know, this podcast is, will be deemed to be, you know, tremendous value add in, a, in the lives of a lot of people. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on that. Nice thing about it is it's evergreen, you know, so five, ten years from now, one day we're dead and gone, people be able to come back and listen to these stories, listen to these guests. And, again, you never know, you know, some young veteran is listening to this show, and you might inspire them to be a venture capitalist. And they're going to start tracing back to listen to this show. So a lot of opportunity. We're going to grow into it, right? Part of the battle is getting started. You know, I like to say business is a contact sport. You got to get out there and start sparring to get refined and get better. So that's what we're going to do with this show. And I I want to say, you know, I'm not trying to build, as I said in the preamble to the show, it's not that I'm trying to get more people to move into VC. You know, um, I'm trying to get more people to, like, do what they love, do what they're passionate about. Uh, take that leap to dare, right? Start that company. It's more so, more so of that, right? Courage. I just happen to be courage, exactly, right? There's no courage without fear, right? Um, 
um, and fears of mind killer, you know, Rue. Uh, and so, um, I, uh, I, I'm really, you know, trying to get people to, to go. Cause their thing may not be investing in other people. Their thing may, you know, it could be starting a barbershop. It could be, Hey, I'm a doctor, I'm a physician, but I got a little company I'm working on on the side. Right. Um, and I want to, I'm really, I want that to be as successful as possible. I got a little something I'm working on on the side. I have several friends who are doctors who, who do little things on the side. Right. Um, and so that's, that's what it's really all about, man, is, is, is picking something you're passionate about and then working your ass off to become the best at it. Um, and, and really when we talk about, this is the, those who dare podcast, because it's really, it's not about. If you think about the context of those who dare, it's not about the destination, man. And this is very cliche. I get it. But it's true. I, I, I really believe this. it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Right. And you really don't know if you're going to win or lose at the end of the day. But that's what that's what makes it fun. If you knew you're going to win. I mean, you wouldn't even get excited about it. Right. Or if you knew you're going to lose, you may not even start. Right. That that kind of the fact that you could lose is what makes it exciting and trying to arm yourself with the best skill set and the right mindset in order to get to where you want to be, whatever it may be in life is the most exciting thing. And that's, and that's what this podcast is meant to do is to get our story out there. And and hopefully our story and the story of our guests will inspire other people to go to, to start on that journey, right? Arm themselves with the right mindset and the best knowledge, the most knowledge possible. And then, you know, we'll see if you want to lose and good luck. I love it. I'm excited for it. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Going to grow with us on this series, and uh, it's going to be a good time, man. I'm excited, Sherman. Absolutely. For everyone tuning in, do us a favor and subscribe to Those Who Dare on your favorite podcast hosting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to today. We greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with others in your network who are interested in hearing these stories. If you want to find out more about AIN Ventures, Visit AIAdventures.com. If you want to learn more about Ironbound Media, head over to ironboundmedia.com. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.